All right, I want to start in verse 5 and, and reason this. The king, King Nebi, King Nebuchadnezzar, had a dream. It disturbed him big time. But he, he wanted to know what that dream meant, so he, he's talking to the wise men to say, hey, interpret this dream. But he goes a little bit overboard. I don't know why he's so paranoid, but he says, I don't want you just to interpret the dream. I'm not going to tell you the dream. I want you to tell me what I dreamt. You tell me the dream and then tell me the interpretation. So that's crazy, right? And that's what they tell him. And then he says in verse 5, king says to the astrologers, I'm serious about this. If you don't tell me what my dream was and what it meant, you will be torn limb from limb and your houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. And so he's saying, I'm taking you out. Not only do I have this task on you, your life is now on the line. But if you tell me what I dreamed and what my dreams mean, I will give you wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me the dream and what it was. They said again, please, your majesty, tell us the dream and we will tell you what it means. The king replied, I know what you are doing. You're stalling for time because you know I'm serious when I say, if you don't tell me the dream, you are doomed. So you have conspired to tell me lies, hoping I will change my mind. But tell me the dream and then I'll know you can tell me what it means. The astrologers replied to the king, no one on earth can tell the king his dream. There's no man who can do it. No king, however great and powerful, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. Man's ways will not get us there. The king demand is impossible. No one except the gods can tell you your dream, and they do not live here among the people. The king was furious when he heard this, and he ordered that all the wise men of Babylon be executed. Uh-oh. King has lost his mind, which we will see in future chapters that goes right on par with him. And because of the king's decree, men were sent to find and kill Daniel and his friends. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, came to kill them, Daniel handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. If you don't see it on the screen, which I don't think you can, Daniel handled it the situation with wisdom and discretion. That's what I want for us today. He asked Arioch, why has the king issued such a harsh decree? And so Arioch told him all that had happened, and Daniel went at once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what the dream meant. I'm going to pray. Father, we just thank you for today. I pray that you would speak right to our hearts and our souls this morning. God, we see two men with very disturbing situations. One is freaking out with paranoia, threatening and lashing out and hurting the people around him by his reactions. The other one, probably freaking out too, but he is responding in a totally different way with wisdom and discretion. Father, help us to see the contrast between the two and where we freak out and how we can lean into your power and your kingdom this morning. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, before you take a seat, before you take a seat, like always, uh, go ahead and say hello to two or three or four people. Maybe make it six, seven, or eight, because we're going to try to fix this PowerPoint while we're at it. So say hello to a few people and welcome them here. As you're having a seat, a couple things. Can we just give a round of applause to our tech team, sound team, those people who 
make things work. Tell you what, those computers, those computers can be demon-possessed sometimes, and they're typically on Sunday mornings when they want to do an automatic update and just uh, uh, blow up on you. But no, I'm thankful for them. Also, want to highlight um, our, our, our youth in the room. Ty, I'm going to embarrass you, but we have, folks, we have a seventh grader running the live stream today. So if you're on the live stream today, if you're on the live stream today, mom and dad, um, go ahead and give it up for Ty. Say, hey, thank you. Just, hey, awesome job, teenagers, youth. I think everybody should be leading in some sort of capacity here um, uh, at Freedom, be it in kids, be it in, in production, be it singing. Uh, be it in groups, there's, you got a gift, you got a talent, you got a skill, you got a passion. And I'm telling you, when we work together, God does amazing things. What we've been seeing in and out um, at Freedom Church since we started. Now, we're in a series, we're going through the book of Daniel, and it's called The Rebel's Guide to Living Free in a World of Change. And what you're going to see throughout this whole story is, is in a way, Daniel and his friends uh, taking a stand of, of faith but not in the way that, that we typically think of a stand where it's like, I shall not do these things, and uh, you, know, you're, you, should, you should serve God and Yahweh, and you know, just really pounding it in on people. No, no, no. They're acting um, wisely. They are taking a very strong stand. Their life is on the line. But at the same time, they're doing it with humility. They're doing it with discernment. They're doing it with respect to the authority that is placed in their life. And we know this authority that's in their life is not godly at all. In fact, it's going in the quite opposite direction where the king can just issue a decree and say, that's it, wipe these guys out, kill them. And that's how things roll in Nebuchadnezzar's uh, kingdom. Now, we saw last week, just a quick review, Daniel chapter 1, these guys, these young men, teenagers, that were taken into captivity their home, everything wiped out, everything that they've known wiped out, their names changed. Babylon has taken over, Israel is no more, you will not worship Israel, Israel's God, Yahweh, the one true God, you will now learn and be indoctrinated in all the Babylonian gods, and we will, we will wipe out your identity and make you live the Babylonian dream. To which these guys said, not going to happen. They took a stand. And we saw last week, the word was Daniel pre-decided. He pre-decided, right? At a young age, as a teenager, against all odds, against the most powerful king in the world at that time, and says, no, I'm not going to participate in these foods that are sacrificed to false gods. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, can we live another way? And they did. And they did it for three years. After three years, they went to the school. They went to the training. They learned about all these foreign gods, but they never lost their faith. They held on to their faith. They were, as we would say it, they were in the world, but they were not of the world. You are to be a light in the darkness in our world. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. But you got to pre-decide. You're going to be successful in these kingdoms? That's what we talked about last week. They, they had a choice to eat at the king's table, lowercase k. And they said, no, 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 no. We're going to eat at the king's table, uppercase k. We're serving God in his kingdom, not man in his kingdoms here. I, it reminds me of Nicodemus when he met Jesus. 
When we, when we think about this kingdom, this, this earthly kingdom, but then God's spiritual kingdom that we can't see. And Jesus had a conversation with Nicodemus, and he starts talking about these kingdoms. And, and Jesus just says, hey, if you're going to have part in the kingdom of God, you need to be born again. To which Nicodemus said, man, I'm from earth. I deal with flesh and circumstances and earthly kingdoms. How am I supposed to be born again? Am I supposed to crawl up into the womb and be born again? That's disgusting and there's no hazard. And Jesus is like, no, man, you are stuck on the things of this earth, the kingdoms of this earth, the structures and the traditions of this earth. I'm talking about a kingdom that is God's kingdom that is invisible that you cannot see. That is the one you want to be born of again. And that is the one that we want to be players in, where God says what you do here on earth matters in that eternal kingdom. That's why when I say, hey, I want God to speak right to your soul today, because if we all went over to the doctors today, we went over to the hospital today and said, hey, can you do an x-ray on my soul and tell me how that's doing? Ain't going to happen. They're going to laugh at you like you're laughing at me. Why? Because it's invisible, but you know you have a soul. God speaks to your soul, which is why you don't often hear him audibly. A lot of people say, well, I heard from God, but I didn't hear an audible voice. It was like he was speaking to me, though. He's speaking to your soul. It's invisible. These kingdoms. And I want you to live free. I want you to live free from captivity even though there is a world of chains around us. Today we're going to be talking about worry because we see Nebi's reaction. He, gets a he has a dream, totally startles him. I've had some pretty nightmares dreams before. My, my worst nightmare dream is the, uh, uh, the wicked old witch of the West and Wizard of Oz, always a repeat nightmare of that green lady when I was a little kid, and she kept coming into the bedroom, and she's going, I'm going to get you. I'm gonna, and I couldn't scream. I was just like, I'm yelling, but in my dream, I can't. Anyway, whatever. Uh, just don't come in here wearing green. I'm going to freak out. Um, he has a dream. But because Nebi's ruled by worry, because he's ruled by fear, because he's ruled by anxiety, paranoia starts to set in, starts driving him crazy, and he's lashing out at all the people around him. He's hurting the people that are all around him. Would you say, just our culture right now, let's zoom it into us, would you say we are more anxious or less anxious than we were, say, a decade ago? More, yeah. Five years, a year, like we are a society that is increasing in anxiety, that is increasing in worry, that is increasing in fear. And, and our anxiety, our worries have no limits. It can be good things. You can be saying, hey, we got a wedding coming up. we got a vacation coming up. Good things. But guess what? We are stressed and worried about good things. You, you get something, uh, a bump on your arm, and then you're like, that's not looking right, and you Google it. <laughs> that raises the anxiety and the stress levels, because Google's like, that's it, you're dying. You got a bump on you. It's just a pimple, but, you know, whatever. Traffic in Los Alamos, trying to drive on uh, Trinity Drive this week with all the construction going on, I, you know, it can, it can it drive you bananas. Our, our, our worries, and, limit, our, our worries and, and anxieties have no limits. Sometimes some of us, we struggle with this so much, we are worried 
when we have nothing to be worried about. You're like, I should be worried, but I don't have anything that's going on here. So what's going on? The news, all right? It's 2024. You know this, but the news is designed. The headlines are designed to invoke emotion. They are designed to trigger you and your fears and your worries. Just look at the headlines. You see right through it. And they know, because they're in it for money, they know that when they trigger you to anger, you are more likely to hang out on their website or listen or click or watch that video. So they're going to trigger your anger. They're going after your emotions. They want you worried. They want you anxious. So it, it all plays into a world and a culture and a society that just builds off of these things. For some of us, we're worried about our past. Some of us, we have worries about our present because we have bought into the lie that having a busy schedule means we are successful in life. And so we have loaded up our schedule. We have loaded up everyone else's schedule. We don't know who we are, so we can't say no because we're trying to be all things to all people at all times. And now we are stressed and worried, not because of what Satan did, not because of the news and media, but because of me and my own choices and not knowing who I am and whose I am. We have stresses about our future. Any planners out there? Where's my planners? And it all looks uncertain, and it all looks, I don't know what's going to do if I do this and I do that. We want it all just orchestrated, just right. We, our worries know no limits. One of the things you need to know, this is a core principle, so you might want to get a note and write it down. Your worries, what you are worried about, reveals your core devotions. That's the truth. The thing you are worried about, the thing that has got you anxious, the thing that has got you stressed out, reveals what you is a core devotion to you. Nebi got a dream, and he, he knew it meant something. He didn't quite know what it meant, but this dude is all about power, all about status, all about being in charge, and he knew something was threatening that, and it, he starts flipping out. But here's how I know this is true, because, listen, I, lo I love your family. I love your kids. I love your dogs. But guess what? I'm not stressed about your kids and your dogs and their grades and their future. I'm just not. Now, we, as a family, this week did something new for us. We got a dog this week, a, a brand new dog, Remy, we got. Now, Remy's awesome. We love him. None of you are stressed out about Remy right now and whether or not he's going to be peeing all over the kitchen floor and chewing up the couch or pillows or anything. You're not stressed about that. Why? Because you're not devoted to him like I am, like my kids are, like my wife is, right? I'm not devoted to your kids and their grades like you are. What you, you can go ahead and flip off that. What you are worried about reveals the things that you are devoted to. Jesus said it like this. He says, he said, seek the kingdom in Matthew chapter 6. Seek the kingdom. This is what we're talking about, these kingdoms. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Be devoted to that kingdom above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Not want, need. So when you are devoted to his kingdom... And you live it out. He says, I'll give you everything you need. That's a promise. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today is enough trouble 
for today. So my question to you is this. What if you shifted the things you were devoted to? What would happen if you, to your worries, what would happen to your anxiety if you shifted the things that you were devoted to? Would you have a better perspective on things? Would you maybe see a little bit of purpose, a little bit of light, a little bit of hope on some of the things? A little bit of, all right, I don't know what's ahead, but I can trust and see that he's working. Even when I don't see or feel like he's working, I trust that he is, and I'm going to rely on him. What would happen if you shifted your devotions? What would happen to your worry? What we see here is a contrast between man's wisdom and God's wisdom. The astrologers, they, they just call it out. The wise men, they're like, hey, we can't do this. How am I supposed to know your dream when I didn't dream it? Plus interpret it. Like this is it. They said, it's impossible. When we serve the God of impossible, and what we see here is Daniel coming into the picture. The, the astrologers replied to the king, no one on earth can tell the king his dream. Man's wisdom versus God's wisdom. You put L.A.'s, Los Alamos scientists, best and brightest into a room, all right? You put them all into the room. And I know some of them will be like, well, Mike, I've got a Ph.D. I can solve these things. No, at the end of the day, you put all the best and the brightest into the room, and you're still not going to be able to solve all of our problems. You're still not going to be able to solve all of your problems. This is man's dilemma. That we need divine intervention. I, I need a God to help fix some of these things. So I don't care how, how many PhDs you have. I'm glad you got them. Uh, I, I, I know they cost a lot. You spend a lot of time on But all of us still need that divine intervention. So Daniel comes in. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, came in to kill them, he's got the sword in hand. Stressful situation. Worry, anxiety, fear. Daniel handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. Some of you say discernment, which means that word just means he's, he handled it in good taste. Now, one of the things I think that's so amazing, he's like, no, kill them. Kill them all now. The, and then this guy comes to the room, sword in hand drawn. And Daniel says, hey, can we have more time? And we already saw the astrologer saying, hey, we can't, you're, he's like, you're stalling for time. You can't do this. Why do you think, I'm just speculating here, why did they give Daniel time? Do you remember in Daniel chapter 1 how long they took in training? It wasn't five minutes like it takes us to read Daniel chapter 1. It was three years, a day in, day out grind. And after three years, what did they see out of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They saw that they were 10 times more capable. Their character, their conduct, their integrity. These guys were way above the others in the room. I think they saw something that said, even though I'm supposed to carry out this order, when Daniel says something, I might want to listen. There's just going to be a little bit of pause there. I don't know, but there's no reason why they should listen to these guys. But I think consistency over time. Built that integrity, built that trust to say, I'm going I'm to lean in here to what they have to say. So they do get more time. They get more time. Not much, but they get a little. And Daniel does a few things here that I want to point out to overcome worry. So I want to go through these real fast. One is, first thing is, you need to, if you want to overcome worry, if you want to overcome worry, you need to find your people. 
Daniel had a group. It says, when, then Daniel, once he got more time in verse 17, he went home and told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, what had happened. And he urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret so they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. Okay, so he goes to his buds. He goes to his guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's the same names, all right? And he says, we gotta pray and we gotta figure this out. Some of y'all right now, you need to get in a group. You, you gotta find your people. You gotta find a group of people where when trouble hits, when anxieties and worries hit, you're not solo. You're trying to do this all alone and carry this all alone and be strong and stand up. When you need a group, God has designed you for community. And, and some of you, like, here's the deal. We get in a group and it doesn't quite work or we don't just quite gel. And we're like, uh, I put in a little bit of time and it's just not working. And I get that. I get that. But at the same time, community, relationships, they take time. They, the, the unicorn you are looking for in connection where you're just like, oh, we were just besties right away and we, we were great together and we just connected and we were all those things, that doesn't exist. It's going to be very rare and rare. I'm going to say it, very rare, the exception. No, it takes time. The stats would say, the stats would say for someone to become an acquaintance to a friend, acquaintance to friend takes at least 100 hours together. A hundred hours, just to go from acquaintance to friend. From friend to like bestie, like ride or die, close friend, close knit, you need at least 200 plus hours together with that person. And not only just time, but you need some conflict to go together where you can, you can uh, forgive one another and grow together. You, you need experiences together. You need all these things, these ingredients. It doesn't just happen. So I say get in a connect group and build 1% of a friendship. Get in a connect group and build 1% of a friendship each week. Slowly start growing these things. You need community. You need people who you can reach out to that are prayer warriors and say, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm dealing with. Second thing that he did, he asked those guys to pray. Prayer first. Now, for all of you who are like stuck on things, I on purpose put prayer first second, all right? <laughs> But we got to be a people that pray. He, he, got, he went to his buddies. He told them what happened. And then he's like, we got to pray. We got to be praying about this thing. You got to be so humble that you can let somebody know what's going on in your life. The junk that you are struggling with. To say, I need help with this. I need prayer. I'm looking for direction on this. Jesus said it like this because we need some divine wisdom. I'm dealing with things I might break trying to deal with some earthly circumstances, and I need God's divine wisdom. And he says this, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And then he goes on to say in verse 13, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give some of y'all read out of Matthew where it says gives good gifts. Luke says this, who will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. That's where our earthly brain goes on and says, oh, good gifts? Well, God will just answer my prayers and what I want. No, 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 kingdom thing. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. I need God's wisdom on this. I need God's discernment. I need God's say on this. I need the Holy Spirit. So ask, seek, knock. 
God, I need you. I need an answer. Holy Spirit, speak to me. And he's saying, keep, be consistent. Don't just, I did it. No. And when it doesn't happen, keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. Keep on asking. And I, I don't know how to tell you this other than Berita and I, when we have done this, when we have had moments when we're like, God, I need you. God, I need something. I need a direction. I need whatever. And we have seasons when we are seeking God. I, he comes through every time. It might take two or three weeks, but I'm telling you, there's, he either gives us a direction or somebody who just kind of comes out of nowhere, a conversation out of nowhere, says something and speaks something over us. We're like, how did you even know we were even talking about or seeing this? And then God speaks through other people or he just gives you a piece about things and God shows up. We talked about this in our men's group this Friday. How do you seek God? How do you seek him with all your heart? And I'm just saying, you just go after him with all you got. He, he'll, he, he'll speak to you in different ways. There's a time in my life when I was seeking God, and he didn't give me a word. He didn't speak through someone else. It was almost like a picture. And it was a picture of, a, of, of me in a maze, a dark maze. There was no light in it. And that was a season in my life where it was dark. And it was a season in my life where I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. I can't see in front of me. And God, would you just tell me where to go? Like, turn the lights on so I know how to make it through the maze and get to the end and we can celebrate and move on because this sucks. But all I got was a picture of me being in a dark maze and I just kept bumping into walls. I would get in a dark spot, hit a wall. Ow, that hurts. Hit a wall. Ow, that hurts. Hit a dead end. Ow, that hurts. And I'm crying out to God. I'm frustrated and angry. I'm saying, would you just turn on the lights? Make this easier. Then I started think, started praying. He started giving me. He didn't turn on the lights, but he let me know. Every bump in the wall, he was leading me, saying, that's not the way to go. Go this way. Bump into a wall, that's not where you want to go either. Go this way. I was slowly making my way through the maze. God was with me, and he just kept pushing me. I hated it, but I knew I could trust him. He's with me, and eventually I'll get where I need to go. Just keep trusting. He'll speak to you in different ways at different times. That one I hated, but I'm just going to let you know that. He's just like, he might, he might just lead you. And I had to totally trust him. That was the thing. My eyes were off me, my kingdoms. I had to hold his hand the entire way, just saying, that hurt. I ran into a dead end. I bumped my head. But I, you're there, so I'm just going to keep going with you. Trusting you're going to lead me through. Third thing that he did, he worshiped. God reveals the dream to him. Crazy. He sees the dream, and he has the interpretation. But before he goes and runs, he worships God. He says, praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings, sets up other kings. He, he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in the darkness, though he is surrounded by light. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and strength. This is the theme of all of Daniel. Who's in charge? God is. Who sets, the king, who sets up the kings and the rulers of this earth? God does. And he is giving credit where credit is due. This is, this is gratitude. I want to run with people who are grateful. No matter what the situation is, they are grateful. They can find something to be grateful for. This is the ten lepers that get healed by Jesus. Ten of them get healed. How many of them, if you know the story, how many of them came back to give thanks and glory to God? One. 
one. I want to be the one. Daniel was the one. He said, I got it. But before I go and handle all this earthly mess and earthly junk, God, you're getting the credit and glory from me to you. And this is praise and honor where it is due. And the fourth thing he did, he testified. All right, this is where I'm going to get a little Pentecostal. Pentecostal? Pentecostal because he, got te- he testified. Somebody, somebody testified. He says, he says, he goes to the king, and the king's like, you got it? He's like, I got it. And Daniel says in verse 27, there are no wise men, enchanters, magicians, or fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secret. But there is a God. All right, Daniel didn't be like, no one, none of the wise men can do it, but I got it. I got it. No, 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 no. Daniel says, but there is a God. And I don't know what you are worried about, what you are stressed about, what has got you down and discouraged. That is Satan trying to keep you from God's plans and purposes in your life. But I came to tell you, I came to testify today that there is a God. I don't have the answer. I don't have the solution. But there is a God that does. There is a God that has a next step for you. In heaven who reveals secrets, and he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. Now I will tell you your dream and the visions you saw as you lay on your bed, and he does it all. Blows them away. I like in Revelation towards the end, in in Revelation chapter 12, we're talking about kingdom power. I want to live for God's kingdom, be successful in his kingdom, not so much about earthly kingdoms. And And it says about this, it says in Revelation chapter 12, it has come at last. And the power of the kingdom, the kingdom of our God, big K, and the authority of Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to the earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated, watch this, if you're going to have victory, I'm going to see a victory. If you're going to have victory, they have defeated them by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus won us victory on the cross, correct? You're going to find victory trusting in Jesus and his sacrifice, but he doesn't, stop, he doesn't stop there. They have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their, say it with me, by their, they testify. That means you have a God sighting in your life. You don't keep that to yourself. We, we have moments here where we, we do the Lord's Supper and we say, hey, just open, open mic, what's your God sightings? It is a safe place. No one's going to attack you for you sharing your God side. We got, you want victory in your life? Testify. I, I'm on trial. I'm testifying about what God did for me. Share what you saw. Share what you've seen, what you heard, what you saw him do. Give witness to those things. And I'm telling you, you start seeing the power of God move through your life. Here's the bonus. You want to overcome worry. You want to overcome worry and anxiety. Okay, get people. You need people in your life. Prayer, prayer first. You want to overcome anxiety? Prayer. Third thing, worship God. Give thanks to him. Give him the credit and the glory. Fourth thing, start sharing your stories and testify. That's going to help you overcome worry. But here's here's one of the things. You got to recognize you're in a battle. No battle, no victory. Some of y'all don't even know that this accuser that we just read about in Revelation, he's after you. Ding, 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 ding. In this corner over here, the reigning champion for the past 27 years and eight generations in their family, your sinful nature. 
It is destroying you because you don't even know that the enemy is after you. You have a target on your back. You got flaming arrows, as it says in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, that are coming your way. You wonder why you're worried and anxious. Well, you don't even know you're in a spiritual battle. This is every day, the battle for who's in control. My, my kingdom or his kingdom, every day is at war. Reed and I, when we travel, back in the day when we had kids, um, we would uh, get all the diapers and the, the, uh, the, the baby seats and the strollers, and then you got the, the crib, and you're loading it all into the back of the car. You're like, we're only leaving for like less than 24 hours, but how do we load up a whole uh, bus of stuff? And then when you get to the airport, um, I, I would be, she would have the baby, and I would do the thing where I would come and I'd get all the, the luggage, right? And so I would get the bags. She's got the baby. She's got diapers, all this stuff. And we would go through the airport, and I'm kind of like this. Now, I'm like thinking I'm strong. I'm the dad, you know, all these things. So, I, I, you know, I'm like I'm doing curls on these things and all this sort of stuff. And then one, one time Rita looked at me, and she goes, you, you kind of look like a donkey. <laughs> and then she goes, but a sexy donkey. <laughs> and I said, that's right. That's right. Well, I remember there was one time we had a layover, and I think it was in Dallas, and we're going through Dallas Airport, and uh, we, it, we had to walk from one end of the airport to the other end of the airport. It's busy, and I'm kind of doing this thing and maneuvering uh, through people, and she's got the baby. And she gets up ahead of me a little bit, and we're kind of rushing for time, too, um, as I remember. And she kind of looks behind, and she's like, what? Why, are you, why are you taking so long? I said, the donkey is tired. <laughs> I think I said donkey. <laughs> Some of us, I talked about your soul earlier. I think your soul's tired. You're carrying around fear. You're carrying around control. I don't know what's going to happen, so I'll try to control and manipulate different things. I'll, I've got this bitterness. And I'm holding on to that anger. I don't know who I am, so I'm just trying to be all things to all people, and I'm just carrying so much. And I'll, I'll put it down for a little bit so I can, I can get a little bit of God's word in there. But I don't know. It's just try to see if I can carry all of these things here. I can get a little bit of God in here somewhere. I need help with all this stuff. Jesus comes along and he says this he says come to me all 
who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And I know some of you need rest like sleep, and you probably do, but this is what you really need in God's kingdom. Rest for your soul. Why are we so worried? Why are we so anxious? We are carrying a load that we were never meant to carry. Nebuchadnezzar is stressed and worried and, and, and lashing out because he's carrying a load that he was never meant to carry. And Daniel comes in a, his life's on the line, folks. Probably 20 some odd years old here. And here's a guy acting with so much maturity. Even if I die, I'm not dying like that. There's a God that's in control. He sets up the kingdoms. He tears it down. He is the one that I will praise. What about the dream, Mike? He interprets the dream. I'm not going to go through it all. It's a, you read Daniel chapter 2 this week. But there's a statue and the statue gets crumbled by this rock. This rock comes out of a mountain and boom, crashes that statue. And basically, it's like the kingdoms are going to fall. But this rock, this rock's going to come in and wipe those out. And there's going to be a kingdom that is built that is going to last forever. And that kingdom we know now is Jesus. That he comes and he's the rock. He's the one that establishes this kingdom. It says the meaning of the rock cut from the mountain, though not by human hands, that crushed the pieces of the statue of iron, bronze, clay, silver, gold, the things of this earth, the things that you're worried about, they're gone. And Jesus sets up his kingdom there. We will find out that Nebuchadnezzar hears this message about God, freaks out about it, and in chapter 3, what's he do? Builds a giant statue and says, worship that. So he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. And I don't want that for you here today. You're hearing this message from God. You know. You know about him. You know the truth. And you, you're like, hey, I want, I want some God. I want a little God on, on the side. But, I, but too, all too quickly, like, no, no, no. Let's build that statue back up because it's too much. It's too hard. And we'll just try to go through life like this, and we're right back into our worries and our anxieties. I don't want you to be Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 3 saying, oh, well, build my statue, and I'll worship that, and we'll just try to roll like that because it's not going to work. The message is trying to get to you through Daniel today to say, put the bags down, put the bags down, and follow Jesus. Jesus came, set up this kingdom, but he did it in the most personal way possible. He showed up as a human, which means he cares about you. He cares about us. He's not distant. He's not numb to your feelings. How do I know he cares, Mike? The cross. The core of our faith. It wasn't something that Jesus said. Oh, hey guys, I care about you. It's something that he did. It lets you know that he was willing, he is willing to be on your side. And then he didn't stay dead, but there is an empty tomb, which means not only is God care, not only is he willing, but God is able. The victory that you're searching for, God's able. Whatever you're facing, he is able. Which is why I can let my bags go. And you want to let your bags go and say, okay, God, I've been carrying these for too long. So with that, can we stand?
Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.